The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Joining us now to discuss Mohammed Al Aaron of Queen's College, Cambridge. Mohammed, always great to do this at the end of the week with you. We're entering the quiet period. That's the good news. No face speak for two weeks. Given what we've heard over the last few weeks, Mohammed, is that November meeting a live meeting still? No. I mean, I think Demarc is absolutely right in thinking it's the minimus probability that we get a hike in November. You know, John, it's good and bad news that the Fed is going quiet. It's good news because that added to the instability. I was really intrigued yesterday during the event at the Economic Club of New York when the, when the speech was released, the 10-year went down below 490 and stayed there as Chairman Powell was reading the speech. And then when the Q&A started, we, it, it got crazy. We saw it go all the way up to 499 and then come back down. And it just shows you that right now, it's very hard to strike the right balance um, when you're talking about monetary policy. So it is a good thing that they are going quiet because that's a source of instability. But fundamentally, we need them to stabilize the bond market. The bond market is critical, as you know, for other markets, for the housing market, for the economy, and all this in the US and beyond. And we're not going to get stabilizers from the technical side. We're not going to get stabilizers from the economic side. So we desperately need stabilizers from the policy side. Well, let's talk about where we've been. We were at 3.30 on a 10-year in spring of this year, following the collapse of a couple of big banks. Mohammed, since then, we've added about 170 basis points. The question we've had of Fed officials now for weeks is whether that's a substitute for further tightening. Haven't they basically said that it could be, or at least on the margin? They have, but they don't quite grasp that there's a big difference between the market tightening the long end and they acting on the front end. And just look at the shape of the curve. Look at what has happened to U.S. 10-year yields relative to Germany. That differential now is at 205 basis points. It's almost double what it was 12 months ago. So. Yes, it tightens, but it also, and that's what the markets are really worried about, it also opens a bigger scope for accidents, for something breaking. In fact, I'm quite struck by how often that phrase, something breaking, has been said on, on, on Bloomberg TV and elsewhere. Well, let's get into that. The question I've asked a few times this week, Mohammed, I'd love your response to it. Do you think we fully realise the pain associated with the losses in the long bond? Not just in the Treasury market, but also in bonds, in gilts, worldwide. We haven't. We haven't, John. It still hasn't gone through the system. You know, this morning, um, the 30-year gilt is at a level we haven't seen since 1997, at 5.15%. There are people holding these instruments and some of them have to be repriced and there will be implications to that repricing. So we haven't. You know, the biggest risk, and you and I have talked about it, is that what has been relatively contained interest rate risk becomes credit risk and liquidity risk. That is the, that is the one thing we want to avoid. And the longer the instability in the bond market continues, 
the longer we lack anchors, the greater the probability of interest rate risk contaminating other risk factors, particularly credit risk and liquidity risk. Mohammed, let's talk about the Fed's job going into next year. And at the moment, how do you weigh this bond market sell-off, the tightening that's in the pipeline already relative to the incoming data? You've talked a lot about how hypersensitive this Fed is to incoming information and the lack of a strategic view looking out beyond November, beyond December. What needs to take place now? So I think they need to pivot from excessive data dependence to data dependence that has a greater forward-looking component. And that's what I was hoping would happen this week, and it hasn't happened. So we are going to remain in, in the situation of great uncertainty because there is no vision as to where this economy is going. And remember, John, it's not just about the uncertainties to do with financial accidents with the economy. It is about the serious debates, and Chair Powell referred to it. Where's our start? What are the lagged effects of, of monetary tightening? What about QT? What about the monetary policy framework that's outdated? So there's a lot of things that need to be discussed and fixed in the Fed um, complex. Is it a mistake to address that with any kind of vision, Mohammed, when you just don't know? What do you say? You, you've, you've got to have a vision, John. You cannot drive a car without some understanding of what the road ahead looks like. You can't just look at the rearview mirror and try to adjust to every curve you just had. That's not how, how you drive policy. And it's certainly not how you drive policy when the impact of policy happens with a lag. So, yes, you've got to have it. This is the first Fed I know that hasn't gotten it. Well, let's go it's one step further, Mohammed. What would your vision be? Sorry? So my vision right now, as you know, is that we live in a world where the supply side is a problem. We're living in a world where the U.S. economy is weakening. Therefore, be careful of too much hiking. That's the balance of risk, excessive hiking. We still have the lagged effects in the pipeline. We still have the QT effects. So I would, be, I would make it very clear that I'm unlikely to hike unless I am surprised in a very big way by the lag effects not happening. I would also add that we need to have a discussion about the path to lower inflation, because there's a risk that if we try to get to 2% too quickly, we are gonna break something in the economy and, and something in finance because we're not relaxing the supply side problems. Mohammed, always appreciate your perspective. The good news, no more Fed speak after Saturday, at least for a week or so. Mohammed Al-Erin, a good friend of this program and a good friend of mine. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.